You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. That is terrible. There's no need for any kind of that stuff at all. No room in this, in this country for that kind of behavior. Boy, John, that just makes you sick, doesn't it? 14 seconds left. The crowd reacting. With your host, Sean Joshi. Hey guys, welcome back. We are back. Uh, I love how we do our NBA trade special and then go on a week break, and the NBA completely loses its fucking mind. <laughs> From trades to LeBron shade, the NBA dominated the headlines in the week before and after the Super Bowl, which we will get into a little bit. But first, it is the NBA uh, from the mundane, like Kevin McHale calling a certain somebody a dickhead live on air during a broadcast. I used to get in with him steady. Oh, man. Dickhead. <laughs> yep. 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 Hadn't changed that <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> See, just got Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, you know you're a giant Welcome dickhead back. when somebody calls you a dickhead and the two other people immediately go, yep. <laughs> yep, like they're fucking Dave from Storage Wars. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, which those players only broadcast on, on uh, NBA TV are probably the worst broadcast since the Berlin Olympics <laughs> in 1936. They are so boring. I don't know if you've, if you've ever gotten a chance to watch them, but they are broadcasts where they're literally done only by the players. Yeah. You know, and they aren't exactly known for their winning personalities. Sure. It is so boring. So thank you, Kevin McHale, for potentially calling Jimmy Butler a dickhead. <laughs> you know, the internet uh, immediately turned into detectives after this, like they always do. Who is Kevin McHale calling a dickhead? <laughs> it turns out there are two choices. There's either Jimmy Butler or a trainer on the Sixers. People seem to think it's the trailer, but something tells me it's probably Jimmy Butler. Butler seems the most likely public suspect. Yeah, because then how how would the other two guys even know this trainer is a yeah. dickhead and if yep. you were that yep if you were that big of a dickhead and you were a trainer you are a legendary dickhead you yeah. know what i mean but speaking or you're of fired or, or you're yeah. fired yeah but speaking of uh of legendary dickheads none other than michael jordan uh this week <laughs> also made news when he laid into uh they asked him a question what was harder uh, Harden's streak of 30 straight 30 point games or Russell's uh, streak of 10 points straight triple doubles, which I believe uh, both of those were MJ's records that both of them broke, which we don't think of MJ as a triple double guy, but apparently he had the most in a row in the league. You know why? Because <laughs> he's a fucking go. <laughs> and if he was demanded to do something in today's NBA, which he didn't have to do in his age, he would have done it, whether it's triple doubles or shooting threes. With that being said. <laughs> They asked LeBron, uh, or they, excuse me, they asked LeBron. They asked Michael which one was harder, Harden's streak of 30 straight 30 games or Russell's streak of 10 straight triple doubles. We got classic Jordan in the response. Um, which is harder from a player standpoint? Six championships for all me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is so <laughs> classic MJ. You know, I would answer every question like that. You know what I mean? You're at the restaurant. Uh, what kind of bread do you want? Wheat or white? Uh, six championships, please. <laughs> you know, so classic MJ. I actually think, you know, people say we'll never, we'll never be able to know who's better, LeBron or MJ. I think science and technology will give us that answer, perhaps in a way that uh, you might not think, but we'll get back to that hmm. uh, a little bit later in our show, but I think we'll get our answer. Other than that, there was the mad trades. Holy shit. There were so many trades, man. Uh, a lot of second-round picks, which have all of a sudden become a commodity, and Markel Fultz, who might as well be a second-round pick, uh, to Orlando. But I think the highlight of it is the East got undeniably better. When is the last time that you said the East was better than the West? You know, probably maybe when MJ was playing. But uh, a few good trades. We have Gasol to Toronto, which will be interesting. Meritage to the Bucks and Tobias Harris and Bobby to the Sixers. And any of those teams, I just got the feeling that the Bucks are like the most solid, well-coached team. You know, like everything that Magic Mike Budenholzer has been able to do there has really been fantastic. And we don't really know whether Marcus Gasol even fits in Toronto. You know, they were uh, they've been trying to trade Marcus Gasol for a while, and there was only one other possible team uh, that they were going to go to, and that was uh, the Charlotte Hornets, just because everybody else had a center. Or everybody else, they didn't play that type of basketball. Mark Gasol is really an old type of player in the yeah. way that he plays. But we'll see if he fits there into Toronto. I think the Bucks are going to be really good. Um, but lost in all of this Eastern hubbub and the Sixers and the Bucks and the Raptors are my <laughs> Indiana Pacers, baby, who are still plugging away in the third spot. <laughs> ahead of the Celtics and the Sixers, and we get no respect. When you talk <laughs> on fucking ESPN and they talk about the four teams, they don't even talk about the Pacers. No. And they will literally show the top five standings of every team. They won't even mention the syllables puh or sirs anywhere mm. in their fucking broadcast, which I don't get. Just give us a little bit, the smallest modicum of respect. I think there's a chance we could still finish in third in the East, but we'll find out. Uh, but I think the real story is what the fuck is going on with the Celtics? I know they won yesterday in Philadelphia, but that thing looks like the wheels could fall off at any moment. You know, which would make me so happy. It would make me so happy. But uh, I think the best trade and the most strategic uh, was the one that brought Chris Knapps Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, why do I like this trade, Tommy? Ask me why I like this trade. Why do you like this trade? Thank you for asking me, Tommy. How are I'm, you doing, by the way? I'm doing good, you know. How was your two Stopped weeks? Stopped How was your two weeks without me? For two weeks without you? Oh, just lonely. You it know was what I mean? lonely? I know. It was so lonely. I shredded NAR. I went snowboarding for the first time. I was in Reno, lovely Reno, <laughs> doing comedy for the snowboarding week. Snowboarding in Reno. No, Shout I'm joking. Out. Yeah, yeah. That's a different kind of snowboarding. I was snowboarding <laughs> yeah. in Tahoe is where I was snowboarding. Right, right. Tommy. And now I shred NAR. I'm a NAR shredder. Uh, this was one of your first times snowboarding? The very first time. Oh, I wow. I dominated the shit out of the Bunny Hill. <laughs> Shout out Bunny Hills. <laughs> Did you have any extreme sports background? None. None at all. None. You played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, though, a I, couple I times. played the shit out of some Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I was, it was like me and Matt Reif and Bill Dawes. And Bill <laughs> is, like, pretty good. Sure. And Matt and me were both starting out, so we were, like, busting our asses on the beginner, which was, oh, like, yeah. 
which is actually you get going a little bit. You can fuck your shit up. You can <laughs> easily sunny bono yourself like skiing and snowboarding. It's, it's like so amazing. Dangerous. There's like nothing to stop you from hitting the trees. <laughs> like nothing, you know, except your skill at the sport. I don't know. I think it's crazy. Like, you know how dangerous that shit is? It's like <laughs> Michael Schumacher, who raced the most advanced cars of, of his time yeah. and was the best at it, racing cars, pushing 200 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Uh, repeatedly, world champion. What is he doing now? He's a quadriplegic because he got in a skiing accident. Jesus. Michael fucking Schumacher. Can you believe that? And you know what my uh, what, what, what uh, happened to my brother? Never been snowboarding before. You know what his, what his buddy does? Never been on the damn thing. Not a damn bunny hill. He takes him to the intermediate course. Yeah, that, my friend did that to me too. Dude, that is – now <laughs> that I've done it, that is so mean. Yeah. It is so mean. And, you know, uh, he accident. I don't know if my brother wants me to say this. But so, uh, you know, my the dude who left him up there, he was so worried at the end of it that he went down and was going to call the snow or the ski <laughs> patrol to go up to the mountain and find him before my brother finally descended like some frozen Yeti from the midst of, you know, whatever Alps they were fucking on. Damn. Yeah. I survived. Now I shred Nar. Now I got pretty good. Rife and I were getting pretty good, pretty good at the end. But, uh, yeah. What's, the, what, but what's speaking, the hardest one you did? But speaking of white people, the Dallas Mavericks, what? This was the hardest course you did at the end of the Oh, just beginner. I stayed on beginner. It's pretty good for your first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But You'll I, be back. Yeah, I think uh, I think if I did it again, I could do intermediate by the end of the next one. Fuck I think yeah. I could do it. I think I could do it. I shred Nar now. We believe. We'll get some footage for yeah. the uh, for the fans back I, home. I'm pretty much ready <laughs> to take Sean White's like place on the Olympic team. Yeah. Is what I'm telling you. I'm that good. Just one letter. It'd be an easy swap. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One color more like it. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, speaking of white people's sports, the Dallas Mavericks have now gotten the four greatest white talents of the last 20 years. Oh, man. Before it was, what, Dirk and Steve, before they fucked that one up. But now mm. they have put together Chris Dapps and Luca, you know, which is actually a great combo, you know. And I love this trade for the Mavericks. And I'll tell you why. I, I think the Mavericks, uh, much like other uh, – how should I put it? Not I wouldn't consider Dallas like a, a mid-market team. They're an upper mid-market team, kind of like Philadelphia. But they lack the prestige of, you know, the Heat or, right. or Golden State or the Lakers or, you know, those type of teams. And what, what these teams that are upper mid-market and lower mid-market are finding out – is that they do not have really much of a chance to sign any significant free agents. Yeah. Okay? So your best hope, if you're a team like that, is to is to compile enough assets and cap space that you can take advantage of dumb teams and acquire additional or secondary superstar talent. Right. Because it used to be enough in the NBA when everyone had pride, <laughs> when I had hair, <laughs> that everyone would want their own team. Like, superstars used to want their own team. Yeah. This is my team. We get a secondary guy, and we roll. You know, now you need minimum three guys. Minimum three guys. You know, and the only way – you're not going to get that by signing anybody. So if you can, like, compile enough, you know, secondary draft assets and uh, our second-round picks and, you know, some even first-round picks, low first-round picks, and uh, – and some young players, you can get in and you can make some deals. So if you're the Mavericks, you I know he's restricted. You absolutely have to take a chance at Kristaps. 
You know what I mean? And now you have a chance there. With the favorite team of the alt right <laughs> down for the Dallas Mavericks. But I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be pretty good there. And why the Knicks did this? Why would the Knicks do this, Tommy? Why would I the Knicks couldn't do tell this? you. Well, apparently the Knicks did this. Because uh, they wanted to clear s- enough cap space to sign not one, but two superstars. Not one, Tommy, but two superstars. Best of luck to them. Can you believe that? We actually have a reaction of the rest of the NBA uh, when they heard the Knicks traded Christoph Porzingis to sign two superstars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you guys think you're going to get Kevin Durant? <laughs> Wait a minute. You think you're also going to get Kyrie Irving? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. That's not happening. That's like Trump dumping Melania because he thinks Giselle's going to leave Tom Brady or something. You know what I mean? It's not happening. Two in the bush. What is the saying? Bird in the hands were two in the bush. Something about two things in the bush. The whole point is he had a bird in the hand. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a Ukrainian bird named Chris Porzingis. (laughs) I don't know. The Knicks, it's just sometimes the the dumbassery of certain, like, franchises is astounding, man. Like, you're telling me I can't run the Cleveland Browns or the New York Knicks? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why the hell would Kevin Durant leave Golden State to go to the New York fucking Knicks? Why? Why? Kyrie, maybe, because Kyrie's crazy, you know? And he thinks the earth is flat. Right, Yeah. But Kyrie already has things going on with LeBron. Do you see they're playing footsie again? Yeah. They're playing footsie they're again. They're so cute. They're so cute. But uh, the other great trade was uh, Philadelphia, um, which, you know, last year I kind of thought Philly was the most overrated team in the mm-hmm. league. You know, they finished in that third seed, but they won 17. That was really buoyed by they won 17 games. Right at the end. At the end. And every single one of those games was, again, was against an opponent under 500. Mm-hmm. Except for the Pacers, who were 18 before, who kicked their fucking ass. So <laughs> I thought the roster was actually really limited last year. And they were my pick, Vegas under, if I was going to put the mortgage on it, on their on their records and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, Elton Brand, a dookie, has done a great job, you know, recognizing that you can't get talent in the NBA anymore by signing them. If you live in one of these cities, you know— that's, you know, Milwaukee or, or Philadelphia or, or you know, Dallas or, or the Pacers or, or any of the, uh, you know, the Cleveland, um, any of these teams. And you're an NBA fan. You can feel really shut out of the yeah. whole process of the league. Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> Are you a Charlotte fan? Makes I'm sense from North Carolina. Carolina yeah. yeah, you feel like you almost don't participate in the league. Like you're in a second-tier system. Like it's never going to happen. Yeah, luckily the Pacers are the greatest franchise of all time, so they've been able to compete with NBA <laughs> big boys. You know, But it almost feels like the NBA is heading towards an EPL scenario. Where the capital cities and the yeah. big market cities yeah. control everything. And like when you have a Leicester City win, it's a fucking miracle. Yeah. You know, which I think would actually really suck. You know, I think it really sucks the league is mm-hmm. moving in that direction. Definitely. I think a league is always stronger when every team you feel has a chance to win because the laws are equitable. You yeah. Know? Which is like, say what you will about the NFL, and there's a lot to say about the NFL, a lot of negative to say about the NFL. <laughs> but the reason that their ratings are where they are, um, and the ratings are still eclipsing every other sport, um, 
is because of parity. Is because each franchise has an equal chance to win a championship, except for the Patriots, and, and year out. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. But you know, <laughs> Jacksonville has just as good of a chance of winning as the New York fucking Giants. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fucking, yeah. Fucking uh, the <laughs> Green Bay Packers, publicly owned, have good chance of winning as as much as the L.A. Rams. You know, but you don't sit here and have the feeling that the Charlotte Hornets have the same chance of winning as no. the Los Angeles Lakers do. And I think that's a great detriment to the NBA. And I don't really know. Um, I don't really know how to fix it, you know, because they've had this thing where now they add the Supermax extension so that you can keep uh, superstars kind of where they are because those teams can pay them more. For instance, John Wall got a Supermax extension, and this motherfucker is going to be getting paid $45 million in 2020 fucking one. Can you believe that? $45 million. Yes, $45 million. Like, there are tech CEOs that don't even make close to that. So, and now they're completely hamstrung by it. So there are no easy solutions, um, which is why what the Sixers did was very smart. You know, they had uh, Ben Simmons and Embiid. And Simmons is so limited as a player. Yeah. <laughs> they had to surround him with other pieces. And I love what they did, getting him, uh, surrounding him with Butler and uh, Butler and Tobias Harris. You know? Mm-hmm. But the best part, <laughs> the best part uh, of this trade was one Boban coming to the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you know anything about the ballad of one Boban? Marjanovic. Sing me the ballad. Sing you the ballad, Tommy. Sing me the ballad. Boban is a 7-4 Serbian who is the love of NBA Twitter for simple reasons because he is hilarious. Uh, Here is Boban on on Get Up with Michelle Beadle, one of my favorite on-air talents, the supremely underrated Michelle Beadle. Here's Boban responding to how he would read Star Wars line readings. To play really big, iconic roles, but... If you could maybe give me a little Darth Vader. Well, Luke, I'm your father. By the way. I like it. You added a little sex appeal to it, yeah. which I, I don't know. Yeah, Luke, I'm your yeah, father. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's really good. I was with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, George Lucas sucks at writing dialogue. How did, he, how did he not see that obvious layup? You know, how much better would Darth Vader have gotten in Skywalker's head? There never would have been a Return of the Jedi. The Empire would still be traversing across the galaxy to this day, and we all would have been spared those shitty movies. <laughs> if he would have been Luke. I, was in your I am your father. What? What do you mean? Uh, I was in your mother. Yeah. What other way do you want me to say well, it? I, was, I fucked your mom. But also do it in a Serbian accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look. Look. I was in your mother. I put my baby in your mother. <laughs> but I love Boban so much. Uh, so he got he was he was drafted by San Antonio or came to San Antonio, right? And he was a free agent, and they were paying him three million. Detroit offered him seven million a year. Mm. He didn't want to go. He goes to Popovich. He's crying to Popovich. I don't want to go. Popovich says he's such a good pit kid. At some point, I had to work to get him to understand that twenty million dollars, twenty-one million dollars, is different than three million dollars. So Boban said, "You're right, Pop. I have to leave." And uh, <laughs> so he's leaving the facility for the last time. 
and there's like fans there from afar. And what does Boban do with his giant seven four hands to the Spurs fans? He makes he makes a heart. Wow. He makes a fucking heart. And if that doesn't melt your too hard heart, Tommy, I don't know what will. But yeah. So they got the <laughs> Boban in Philly. I think they did a good job there. But this is how you have to build teams now. You know what I mean? You either do that or you draft three superstars when they're young and you create a culture where they want to stay together. Yeah. Just like the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, what else did we have? We had the AAF, which is the new football, which is the new uh, football league. Did you catch in the AAF, Tommy? I did not. This is fucking crazy. So for as much as I'm talking about how much the NBA is kind of dominating Twitter and mm -hmm. the storylines and shit like that, it does not always translate into ratings, okay? So you had like a Thunder Warriors game on opposite of the AAF, uh, AAF debut. Right. Starring none other than such football legends as Christian Hackenberg and Tyler Trent Two Yard Richardson, right? And uh, so the Sixers game, whatever the Thunder game, gets 2.0 rating. The fucking AAF gets a 2.1. Damn! Can you believe that? A 2. Point fucking one. What is it? Just like pro am? Or is it no? It's, older a, it's players? a new. It's a new spring league. It's a new professional spring league for people who can't make it to the NFL, and they beat the NBA. Even though it's their first game. Are there I different rules they, to make it kind of more edgy or something? Yeah, pretty much the same rules with some of the probably obvious stupid stuff that they're doing now in terms of like pass interference and everything right. now. But yeah, essentially the same rules with worse players. I don't know if you ever watched Trent Richardson fucking play football, but it's pretty fucking boring. You yeah. know what I mean? I'd rather That's watch crazy. I'd rather watch Boban and Tobias Harris's reality show, Bobby and Toby, which is a real thing and on YouTube. Check it out <laughs> if you want to do yourself a favor. Bobby and Toby. Yeah, Bobby and Toby. Kobe, I mean, there's an easy, easy guest spot for him there. <laughs> but speaking of Mr. Kobe, um, things are kind of falling apart in Laker land. <laughs> Not only do you have the Lakers losing to the Atlanta Hawks, I almost said Falcons. And yes, LeBron was nutmegged by Trey Young in that game, which mm. is effing amazing. Disrespect. It's so disrespectful. Uh, the Lakers failed to get AD and are facing more tampering charges simply to be put. The Lakers are in a tough spot. Uh, they failed to make a trade in which the Lakers offered everything, including the ghost of George Mikan. The parts of Rodeo Drive called Rodeo. <laughs> and the 2006 Lakers who are still hiding in the Staples Center out of fear Kobe might find them. <laughs> uh, it was a whole lot of nothing for the Lakers uh, other than a trade for one Reggie Bullock. And once again, uh, LeBron is left without a superstar and another year of a Nicolas Cage-like fluctuating hairline. And yet not another ring in which a year which LeBron will be left rather ornery, and now his teammates hate him as well. But it turns out for the Pelicans, this might have been all part of the plan. Here's Rachel, Rachel Michaels talking to the great Brian Windhorse. Do, do you think that the Pelicans set the Lakers up? 
Do you think that they were upset enough, I have no knowledge, I am just throwing out a question, that they were upset enough with what they had made clear they felt like was tampering and they felt like that they were going in to reach in after their player and cause all this disruption in the middle of the season when they thought they had at least to this summertime. Do you think that they never intended to really engage with the Lakers that much? Good point. But kept putting out publicly all these trade offers so that we saw last night it would ruin their team chemistry, at least temporarily, disrupt all their young guys, make things miserable for this team? Is that possible? It's not just possible. It's what happened. You think I, so? I, I don't know. I know that the Pelicans, you know... How do I want to put this? Hey, man, you're on TV. Let's go now. The Pelicans had a method to their madness in the way this went. That was pretty good. Did they know it was going to lead to a 40-point loss because everybody's upset? Not necessarily. But, again, I want to go back to just be based in reality. Is this a Marion Barry set-me-up situation? I just want to go based in reality. There is an information war going on right now. Wait, I didn't pick up on listening to this the first time. Rachel Nichols just made a crack reference to the D.C. Mayor Marion Barry. Okay, it's not even necessarily just about Anthony Davis. And by the way, it's not just the Pelicans and Lakers playing. Oh, yeah. There are other teams playing as well. Mm. I've never, in 16 years covering the NBA, I've never seen anything like this. It's fascinating, and it's not even about the trade. It's about everything that's going on around the trade. Good insight, and that's why there's not going to be a trade. Insight, See, this is why we will be on television for three hours. Yeah, but basically what happened is this. So the Lakers, who have been major dickheads forever, Mm-hmm. To the point, you know, they kind of forced this whole trade deal. So AD signed with Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports is LeBron, essentially LeBron's talent agency, which is quote-unquote owned by Rich Paul, who's LeBron's best friend from fucking high school. Right. Right? So they sign AD in the offseason. Of course, what do you think that means? The puppet master. Yeah, AD, AD. So LeBron is effectively a shadow GM. He's a shadow agent. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's basically like the Vladimir Putin of the NBA <laughs> at this point. Right. So they get they get this. They force this whole trade situation. You know, they pry another team's player from from that team, which is the very essential rules of tampering. It's the same thing they did uh, to Paul George in Indianapolis. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what happens then? So they think we are going to force the Los Angeles. We, the Los Angeles Lakers, are going to force the New Orleans Pelicans to trade AD to us. Right. So they start uh, negotiating. We'll send you this player. We'll send you that part. And the first, the first deal they sent was shit. Classic Lakers. They sent their first offer included Alonzo Ball, Kuzma, Rondo, Beasley, and a first-round pick. You know what I mean? Reportedly, the Pelicans felt underwhelmed and laughed at the suggestion, yeah. right? So then the Lakers panic, okay? Because the Celtics will come in the offseason. They can't trade now for, for obscure rules. So the, or the Lakers panic. And what do they do? They offer their entire team. Every young asset they have. Uh, this was one of the deals. Uh, they could take <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Literally everybody but Josh Hart. Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Rondo, Lance, Beasley, and two first-round picks. Um, it was later reported the Pelicans said maybe if you offer us four, but then they didn't even return their calls. And here's what the Pelicans did with that. They leaked that information to the media. Mm. That the entire team. LeBron wanted them to be traded. And now the whole team hates LeBron. Now the whole team hates LeBron. Exactly. Damn. Dude, that is some Sunju shit. <laughs> you know, that's some Sunju shit. You know? Like, uh, like uh, uh, remember from The Sopranos? 
when they're like, oh, fuck that Italian. Fuck the prince. Who's the prince guy? I don't remember. Uh, who's the Italian prince? Machiavelli. They're like, fuck Machiavelli. Yeah. It's Sun Tzu that you should be reading, right? This is some total Sun Tzu shit. You know what I mean? You want the Sun Tzu quote? This will help you. Hit me. This will help you when you're at open mics and you're trying to get up. <laughs> okay. All right? Hence, to fight and conquer in all your battles is not supreme excellence. Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. So bravo to you, Del Demps. Wow. And the rest of the Pelicans organization for fucking the Lakers over for just a little bit longer. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I thought that was fucking great. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with AD. But I was just happy because we fucked them up, meaning the Pacers the next day. So after all this went down, uh, the next day the Lakers lost to the my Indiana Pacers uh, by 42 points in a collapse that was bigger than Piggy in Lord of the Flies after his cranium was so rudely introduced to a boulder and the Pacers fans were brilliant. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Pacers fans and Indiana fans in general are kind of really fucking good. For instance, here is are the Pacers fans, and this is a day after all these reports came out, chanting during the game at Brandon Ingram at the foul line, LeBron's going to trade you. <laughs> How great is that? Time now for our four keys to the game. I think everybody's got to hit the glass. I, I, I really do. I think one of the things you can do against the Lakers is you can offensive rebound them, but most importantly, you have to transition back for defensive purposes to force them to play through your... Dude, that is a plus, Master Trollic. Yeah. That is so good. You know what I mean? That's good fandom. Great fandom. Great fucking fandom. Love it. Nice, Love clean. Love to see it. Nobody's getting hurt. Some no nice, cursing. clean fun. Amazing trolling. Probably <laughs> my, getting in his head. My favorite one was uh, when JaVale. That wasn't just it, Tommy. There was more. My favorite <laughs> one was when JaVale McGee uh, was at the line. Instead of LeBron's going to trade you, the response was not worth trading. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good. Even better. At the game, LeBron James didn't play because uh, McGee didn't play <laughs> in the first one when they played in Golden State. Dude, you got to be smart NBA fans, too, to Fucking get on that set shit. Set up punchline. Yeah, man. See, NBA, the NBA is turning into soccer, even yeah. with the chance and shit. That's good. And I think you're going to see leagues. I think eventually you'll see teams around the world, and there'll be, like, two different levels and all that shit. But, yeah, that was great. But Indiana, you know what else we invented down in Bloomington? You know what's how that? everyone has those big fucking heads? <laughs> that was us in Bloomington. <laughs> and now we suck at basketball, but we're good at cheering, all right? Um... But, yeah, the Lakers are so fucked, man. I don't know. You know, maybe they'll end up getting AD, but they won't even get him next year. They'll have to wait till the end of next year. Um, but it's starting to hit the front office as well. You had Magic Johnson on ESPN. Here are two different quotes from Magic Johnson, which are very indicative of the Lakers and even LeBron James in a way. He says uh, of the trade rumors, I'm not that guy, this Magic Johnson. I'm not the guy who, ooh, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Here he goes. Here he goes. At first, he says, it's a part of the business. It's a part of being a professional athlete, said Johnson. I'm going to hug him, meeting the players, and tell him that we got to come together and our goal is still in reach, which is to make the playoffs. <laughs> and then a few short days later, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy who's going to go, mm, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hug my guys. I'm not that dude. <laughs> you know, which is like, I don't know. There was another moment during the Pacers game, like LeBron's whole thing. With his young teammates, like, you know how cheesy LeBron can get in between glasses of wine and totally. shit. Totally. He's like, he's like, 
uh, stay down when you fall in the court and your brother will come pick you up. Flash forward to the Pacers game. Hilarious. Zubats falls down on the court. Lays there for a good 10 or 15 seconds. Nobody comes to pick him up. He puts his left hand up, reaches with his right, picks himself up, <laughs> and then shakes his own hand. Oh, my God. All as LeBron is sitting at the end of the bench with nobody next to him, with like a three-seat uh. gap between him and the rest of the Lakers. You know, which all lends credence to what Kevin Durant was saying earlier, his whole claim that the environment around Le- LeBron James is toxic. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron just seems like a bad hang at this right, point. totally. Like, unless you're in one of his banana boat crews, nobody likes LeBron James or wants to play with him. So this is already the shit. This is from the source. This is already the shit that has happened with LeBron this year, okay? His camp reportedly tried to get Luke Walton fired. Uh, his handpicked veteran acquisitions were involved in the heated locker room incident with Walton. This is so stupid. Instead of surrounding LeBron with shooters, mm-hmm. he wanted ball handlers. They got to quit letting LeBron be a GM. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. All right. His agent failed miserably in an attempted power play to force Anthony Davis to the Lakers, and probably will Anthony Davis will end up on the Celtics now, uh, at least for a year. His young teammates have had to listen to the believable chance that James wanted them traded to for Davis. Obviously. He has sat with three vacant seats between him and those teammates during the recent blowout loss. He missed 17 games with a slow healing groin injury that could be related to the wear on his 34-year-old body. Okay, source, obviously. That's stupid. Uh, He has told reporters that he wasn't chasing a championship in Los Angeles, saying, there's nothing I need to get in this. I don't know why I'm reading this. It's Trump. There's nothing I need to get in this league that I don't already have. Everything else for me is just like icing on the cake. You LeBron know what I mean? as Trump. He's also made over $450 million and helped thousands of youth in Northeast Ohio. What a loser. Wow. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though, dude. I think uh, I think the fact that he's already saying shit like, I don't need to do anything, just proves how fucked he is. You know what I mean? Like, like MJ would be living in the goddamn gym tearing his fingernails out or those of his teammates in yeah. order to get his team to where they need to be. None of this – what bothers me about LeBron is all this passive, aggressive shade around him. You know, it's like so much high school drama. You know what I mean? It's like The Hills in The Los Angeles Hills. You know, yeah. the sequel to The Hills shouldn't start LC or my girl Heidi. It just start LeBron and Kuzma. You know what I mean? Yeah, but LeBron is LeBron is obviously great. Okay, but there's the greatest in every generation and the next generation. There's going to be somebody who's the greatest, you know, right. and I don't think they're going to compare him so much to LeBron. Really? And, you know, that's when, you know, he's going to fade out of the conversation. I think MJ will be much more a prominent part of that. Mm, it's kind of like it's kind of like what happened with Peyton and Brady. Like nobody even even though, you know, I might get into this later. No one really mentions Peyton in the in the go conversation. Right. But three years ago, it, it was it was oh, that absolutely. way. Absolutely. And I think the same thing is going to happen with LeBron. Once time fades and we're outside of the current kind of situation, and it's, you know, five years after LeBron has been retired and everyone's looking back on it and thinking of it, and he's got three rings or maybe four, you know, I think they're just going to think of him as the best player of his generation. You know, and I don't think – Yeah. I don't even think, you know, when you look at Kobe's five and MJ's six, I think that'll start to tamp down, you know, kind of a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I think we're headed to a very interesting offseason, which will be dictated 
by uh, what the Boston Celtics want to offer for AD, who doesn't want to go there, but it doesn't seem Danny Ainge cares. And what, what the fuck Kyrie wants to do? If Kyrie wants to go to New York, maybe they actually have a chance of landing somebody like KD. But those are the three names this offseason. Look forward to AD, Kyrie, KD, and we'll see. Other than that, the other basketball news that I had no idea involves one. Who? Who do you think I'm going to say? Who do I talk about the most on this podcast? Non-sports related. Uh, not That's not Peyton Manning. Non-sports related. Non-sports related. Well, life is kind of like a sport, man. You know what I mean? Oh, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> of course. Oh, obviously. We did a whole fucking episode on him. <laughs> and today's McConaughey news. Did you know? <laughs> did you see McConaughey on the sidelines? Can we get some McConaughey intro music, by the way? Oh. That was that was actually appropriate. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> McConaughey <laughs> is on the sideline of uh, the Texans, uh, University of Texas Longhorns uh, basketball game. But I mean on the sideline. I mean part of the fucking coaching staff. Like what? he's wearing a full burnt Sierra suit. Look up the video clips on Twitter. It is all fucking First hilarious. First creative director for a whiskey brand. Dude, okay, not only that, apparently he has an official title at the University of Texas. He is the Minister of Culture. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, and they have underneath his, like, <laughs> as his Chiron, McConaughey on ESPN2, the guest on Minister of Culture, okay? Minister of not only culture. that, this fool is directing the assistant coaches to get up out of seats and sit down there. Like, he's walking up to a seat, and he's like, assistant coach is going to sit down there. And he weighs off an assistant coach like, no, that's my seat. You know what I mean? Oh my like, God. he's literally with the coaching staff. So then it gets to a certain point, and, like, uh, something off screen, <laughs> like a Longhorns player dunks or something. Yeah. The re- everyone's cheering. The rest of the bench gets up. Two guys at the end of the bench don't get up. McConaughey walks over to them like Gruden, you know, yeah. or some coach. He's like, come on, guys. He fucking signals them, come on with his hands, get up, let's Good clap. God. And they get up and start clapping. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Shout out to Matt McConaughey, who is the fucking minister of culture. Is that not an Orwellian <laughs> title if you've ever heard oh, one in your oh, life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, Sinister undertones there. I don't know. <laughs> What all Amazing. And, and like, do do like do the Longhorns players like respect McConaughey? Do they Good like question. him? Like his movies? You know what I mean? Like he is, his movies are kind of like old now. And all those guys are like 17, 18 years old. You know what I mean? 18, 19 years old. I don't know. He keeps working his movie titles into the advice. Oh, my God. I now, well, in that last play, I feel like you had a bit of a failure to launch. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but his new movie out is amazing. I haven't seen it, but I'm just – spoiler alert. I'm going to ruin this movie for right now. Also, spoiler alert, you shouldn't give a shit because it didn't make any money, and you're never going to see it. Got the it. The name of this movie is Serenity, okay? Okay. In which, uh, in which, in which Matthew McConaughey plays a fisherman in a Caribbean island called Plymouth Island. Okay. Okay. His ex-wife Anne Hathaway shows up to the island and wants to hire him to murder her current husband. Whoa! All while Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey has <laughs> a uh, has a Captain Ahab situation, a Moby Dick. He has a tuna fish that he can't catch. Okay. A tuna fish. And nice. everyone on the island knows Matthew McConaughey just can't catch this tuna fish. It haunts him. The name of this tuna fish, <laughs> you ask? Justice. What? 
insert metaphors here. The movie's called Serenity? It's called Serenity. Oh, wait, Tommy. It gets better. In a <laughs> twist beyond anything Sh- Shyamalan could even think of. Oh, my God. Do you want to guess the twist of this movie? You can't even guess. I'm, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I'm going to just give you a good seven seconds of silence. Just guess what you possibly think the twist could be of this McConaughey movie. You get seven okay. seconds. Okay. Seven Six. So he goes to murder. Give it seven seconds. He goes, seven, okay, six, okay. five. Give the audience a chance. Four, three, two, one. Audience, make your guess. Okay, Tommy, make your guess. He goes to murder the husband, and he falls off. He tries to drown him. And, Wrong. Think okay. bigger. <laughs> uh, More existential. The husband is a fish. Wrong. Um, pretty close. Uh, pretty fucking close, actually. I don't know. Um, Do you I give up? No, I could. I have okay, if Shyamalan would make a twist on this, what would it be? They're all living in a fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, pretty fucking close. It is a video game. What? They are living in a fishing video game. <laughs> what? They are living in a fucking Wait. fishing video game. <laughs> it's the plot of the movie, and it's got like four Oscar winners in it. Wait, wait, wait. So, is this Anne Hathaway murder my husband thing part of the video game? Yes. It's- that is so weird. <laughs> I know. What kind of fishing video game? I know. <laughs> Where there's a murder side quest. I know. And now I'm worried about McConaughey's career again. What are you doing, Matt? Mud was good. I don't know. Mud was great, Mud bro. Was great. Yeah. I don't know. So now we have a Serenity. <laughs> we have McConaughey fishing video game movie. Um, <laughs> ba, 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 ba. But speaking of alternative realities, uh, let's move on to the Super Bowl. Can we get Super Bowl music, Tommy? Yes, I want to congratulate the 2018-2019 Los Angeles Rams on winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yes, it was an amazing scene here in Los Angeles. The streets of L.A. were literally teeming with excitement from a victory parade that included dozens of people. Starbucks is giving out free ventes for Grandy's. Still, I think I got the mediums and smalls right mm-hmm. on that. Now, if you're listening to this in some alternate dimension where the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, you are so fucked, okay? Yes. <laughs> that is the absolute reality you do not want to be in, okay? All right? It is true. Thank God it didn't happen. Yes. In that reality... 10-year-old Thomas Wilkington of Edmonton, Canada, stepped on a butterfly he shouldn't have, which led to the eventual election of Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump in a Trump-led triumvirate that ruled over the United States until its eventual downfall in 2053 when Lord Zenu, yes, Tommy, Lord Zenu of the Scientology (laughs) Holy Scriptures comes down and puts at the same time a merciful and merciless ending to all of humanity. And appoints Matthew McConaughey Minister of Culture. (laughs) (laughs) Not not before making all humans in a suspended animation watch the movie adaptation of the Broadway <laughs> smash Rent on DVD over and over again for a thousand year loop. Until we're broke. Dearly beloved, we gather here to say our goodbyes. Here she The late great daughter of 
Mother Earth. I hate that fucking movie stop, so stop. much. Stop, stop. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> I hate I hate that movie so much. It's my <laughs> most hated movie ever. And somehow, some way, the worst part of that alternate dimension, not the one we live in, where the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl, is that the Patriots won six fucking Super Bowls. Okay? Wow. So somehow, you were in a reality in which the New England Patriots won yet again. You are so fucked, buddy. You are so fucked. You think this shit's weird, but it's about to get weirder. But thanks to technology, uh, in our dimension, Mm -hmm. where the Rams won, and in this dimension, uh, you know, Taco Bell has won the restaurant wars, and Earth is a paradise utopia. Yes, (laughs) we live in the universe (laughs) created by the 90s summer tentpole demolition man starring Wesley Snipes (laughs) and Sylvester Stallone. Okay, so fuck you, New England Patriots of alternate dimension. I will live in my own dimension. God, the parade was so great. Wasn't it was it? so great. Can you believe all 37 people, Rams fans, came out? It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else do we have? Do we have any news, Tommy? Yes, time for the news. Kyler Murray has declared he will play in the NFL, and Joe Flacco has been traded to the Broncos. What do you think of these, and do you see any more quarterback news in the near future? (laughs) Who gives a shit? (laughs) Uh, Do I see – do I like these moves? Do I see anything? Well, I don't know. I think for Kyler Murray – if he's if he's actually good at baseball, fucking play baseball, bro. You can play until you're 42. The contracts are guaranteed. You know what I mean? But if he really has a love for football, okay. You know, as far as Flacco is concerned, bruh, as far as Flacco is concerned, bruh, his numbers are almost exactly the same as Case Keenum. I think this is another swing and miss for the Denver Broncos, you know? Mm. But, but what I could see happening, what I could see happening, I could see the Arizona Cardinals, who had the very first pick in the NFL draft, drafting Kyler Murray and trading Josh Rosen to the Denver Broncos. Wow. Listen to my voice when it gets deep and sexy <laughs> like that, because that's when I'm making a prediction. Okay? I think I think we could see Rosen on another team next year. L- slight bonus question. Sure. How do you feel about the Denver Broncos after they were the second home to your beloved Peyton Manning? Oh, I love them. I, my whole line was um, – you know, Game of Thrones is very popular, then still is. I followed my king into exile, and you guys are the unloyal ones. You know, okay. so I, roll, I rolled with Broncos 1A. I rolled with Peyton 1A, absolutely, and I will do it again. Because <laughs> okay. due to the magical stem cells in HGH, I think Peyton can still come back and ride this thing out to four more fucking rings. <laughs> no, but I think, I think the Broncos— uh, I think Peyton allowed the Broncos to create that team. Mm-hmm. He allowed them the space to to stock that defense. Yeah. And I don't think Broncos fans appreciated him. Uh, I think they think it was more Gary Kubiak that special that last year, and that's just not the case. You know, they were losing to the Chargers when Peyton came into that game in Week 13 or Week 14. He rallied them to home field advantage at the end of that year. He threw two touchdowns in the second quarter uh, to beat the Patriots in the conference championship. So I, I think I think the Broncos have everything to owe to Peyton Manning, which is why before and after him, they're complete bums. Yep. Complete fucking bumps. You would have loved him better. Peyton took four coaches, four <laughs> coaches to the Super Bowl, each one a bigger bum than the one before him. Okay? Yeah. 
And here's the thing with Brady. Fine, Brady now, I think you had to say, had the best career. Sure. But he, you, you're telling Belichick. me, you're telling me, like it's a coincidence that they no. have the greatest organization, the greatest coach, and they have the greatest quarterback. Yeah. No, nobody gets that lucky. Okay. Belichick is the greatest defensive coach, ever. In this era, you know, whatever, Lombardi, easily, it was easily, a different game. Hands down. Like, Belichick, Lombardi, fine, whatever. But Belichick is the greatest defensive coach, okay? What he does with defenses uh, from the beginning of the year to the end, it's amazing. Same year he did last year as this year. You look at that defense, there's not so much talent on that defense. The first four or five games, they're kind of an absolute mess. And by the end of the year, uh, the way they get it together and what they were able to do with the Rams in that other dimension – because <laughs> we have the technology to view what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, What's just amazing. You know, and any number of quarterbacks, any number of quarterbacks would have the same success in New England in the Belichick era as Tom Brady has. You're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that Drew Brees isn't going to have the same amount of success. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers, mm. as soon as he's unburdened, by Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy and the whole fucking lame-ass, untalented situation in Green Bay isn't going to do the same thing in New England? You're being naive. You might be right. You're being naive. You're telling me Peyton Manning, who was his own offensive coach, <laughs> he didn't need Josh McDaniels diagramming three-yard outs for him. Okay, And let's all remember what happened when Tom Brady got injured. Okay, They went 11-5. and five. <laughs> 11 and 5. They went fucking 2 and 14 when when Peyton got hurt. The right. Colts did. They went 11 and 5 without yeah. Tom Brady. What did they do in the next year? 10 and 6. They had a better record with Matt fucking Castle. Right. Than with Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's prettier. That's actually up to debate. Matt Castle's a very pretty man. Well, <laughs> That's all. We'll take a poll. What do you guys think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I think Brady has just been the luckiest motherfucker of all time. Uh, Brady is not his own offensive system. He needs he needs a diagrammer there to to get him in his spots. And I think any number of quarterbacks could have done. Uh, could have done what he did in that system. And, you know, that's just not me calling shit out of the blue. You know, the previous GOAT, um, who was Joe Montana, uh, you know, they asked Bill Walsh, and he said, you know, Phil Simms could have done the same thing in our system. So a lot of this stuff is just getting in the right situation. Sure. Because here, let me tell you something about Tom Brady. He doesn't play defense. Nope. Nobody does. Football is a complete team game. It's not like basketball mm -hmm. where you have four yeah, sides yeah, on the yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting little segue. I also love the the uh, the, the uh, coach of the Colts, the uh, hopped-up, liquored-up uh, owner of the Colts, Jim Irsay. Uh, so, you know, I think he's never going to get over the fact that they out-dynastied us. You know, like, this should have been us. But uh, so he's moved the goalposts for what's the greatest of all time. He says you have to win three in a row. Whoever wins three championships in a row will be the greatest football team of all time. So I hope, I hope you get it, Jim Irsay. But uh, what else do we have in the news, Tommy? <clears throat> After Phil Mickelson won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he had interesting comments on his and Tiger's prospects for this year. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I saw that Phil was basically like, uh, you know, if we play our best, we can still win. Yeah, and, yeah I think so. Legends. I, I think there's a chance. I think Tiger more than Phil. I think, I think Tiger still has uh, the club head speed. 
um, that he can still play with the big boys and totally. drive with them and go toe-to-toe when his back is there. And also, I hope Tiger read that and it kind of put fuel into his fucking gut because it kind of didn't mind when I read it because fucking tits Phil has to play his best to win now. <laughs> Tiger, Tiger was still playing like ass and on the leaderboard leading the British Open on Sunday. Mm. <clears throat> and even that tourney he won, he didn't play great. Tiger is still yet to put together four rounds of classic Tiger golf, which I'm hoping will happen in Augusta. But, uh, yeah, I just I think either one of them can win one this year. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but in other Tiger news, uh, Lindsey Vaughn retired. I think we should have a Lindsey Vaughn moment. Great Olympic athlete, skier, all-around cool person. And also one, one of the funniest red carpet moments of all time after she dated Tiger. Uh, she dated one J.J. Watt who is undergoing perpetual rehab. And, and in this case, Lindsey detailed how she helped him through that rehab process many injuries last year that we don't really have enough time here to list them and still one defensive player of the year how did that happen well thank you i have a very good training staff and i have great teammates that's what it all comes down to massages in the growing area okay now wait you're the one who knows about injury recovery too unfortunately i'm gonna let that slide right by live television um lindsey reel it in girl reel it in I love that J.J. Watt is blushing more than she is. You know what I mean? Lynn, Lynn. That means Lindsey Vaughn is cool. And also, apparently the way to get over a ruptured quad or, a- or ACL is hand jobs in the groin area. I'll so Victor Ola- by my doctor. Victor Oladipo, if you are listening, buddy, I hope you're getting all the hand jobs you can handle. Come back to the court <laughs> soon. I miss you. Uh, any other news this week, Tommy? Uh, last but not least, did you hear about the Colorado man who strangled a mountain lion with his bare hands and has now become a living legend? Well, shit, I didn't want that story to reach the news. I wanted to be humble. You know what I mean? I just wanted my accomplishments to Wait, speak for myself. Wait, weren't you skiing around about the same time in that yes, area? Yes, it's true, Tommy, but you know, often like people who pull people out of uh, cars <laughs> before they're supposed to blow up and drive away from the scene. Yeah. I didn't want it to know my badassery, but I guess since it got out, guys, I'll <laughs> take all the accolade. It's very tough, you know, the neck meat of a cougar. I can imagine. Right? And I'm not even trying to make a double entendre here. You know? <laughs> they're very strong beasts and animals. Um, Luckily, yeah. you've had some experience with cougars in the past. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh Colorado people always have activities and hiking and shit, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, growing up in Indiana, people generally only move two places after college. They move to Chicago, you know, because they like drinking <laughs> <laughs> and partying. Or they move to uh, Colorado because they liked activities. And yeah. these fucking Colorado people, when they come visit you, my Indiana friends, these motherfuckers wake up at 7.30 in the morning. They go hiking. They want to do this. They want to do that. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Watching the sunrise. Chill. Smoke a bowl. Take it easy. <laughs> You're in L.A. with your fucking activities. So this does not surprise me that this was a Colorado person whatsoever. Yeah. What else? Is that it? Are we done for the That's week? That's it. That's it. Oh, no life question of the week? Oh, life question of the week. Uh, call back. You had mentioned that there was going to be a technology yeah. that could definitively prove whether Mike, uh, Michael Jordan or yeah. LeBron was the best. What do you mean? What do I mean by that? Uh, how do I explain this without sounding retarded? Uh, uh, you know, I think that you're going to have virtual reality uh, reach such a point. Uh, in terms of its ability to capture information, display it both visually 
and, and reinforce in terms of the coding behind those visuals that I think you could have LeBron and and uh, LeBron and MJ eventually, you know, in like 2050 in a kind of avatar matrix scenario, be able to play one on one at the peak of their respective powers you know, <laughs> in, in, a, in a virtual setting. It wouldn't be a simulation. It would be them playing it, their, their brain synapses would absolutely control they would clone their brains no they wouldn't clone their brains just the same They'd just way be old ass men the same way that neo plugs into the matrix got it got it or got the it. same way that uh that one guy who didn't become a star became avatar <laughs> you know what i mean what's his name joel edgerton is that edgerton or is edgerton somebody oh sam worthington that's sam worthington yeah, yeah, yeah. the same way sam worthington became avatar mm -hmm. i think you'll just be able to have a plug-in thing like that Cool. You know what I mean? Well, using your mind. A capsule. Yeah, and they can already do crazy stuff with the brain. Do you know they can now? Um, they can now. This isn't bullshit. They can uh, project dreams uh, visually. What? They can see what you're dreaming and project it visually. What? Yeah, bro. Where? Did, where? Look it up I right now. If you don't it. believe me, look it up the fuck right now. They can now have visual representations and see what the fuck you're dreaming. Yeah, we're fucked, bro. This shit's about to get so weird this century. Yeah. This technology is about to get so weird. That's why I'm going to Mars, bitches. Me and Elon, we're out this. But Tommy and I will be here. Tommy, tell him something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, Tommy. Tell him <laughs> where to find you. Uh, uh, Tommy Wakefield. Plug your show. Oh, uh, we're here Friday at in Atwater Village at Eno Vino Wine Bar. If you want to come see some free comedy, $4 drinks. <laughs> That's all I got. There you go, Tommy Inovino. We love you, fanatics. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Fanatics Pad. Pod, um, I'm Sean Joshi, at Sean Joshi, two A's. Other than that, guys, if you're in Los Angeles, uh, I have my Sean Joshi and Friends show this month on the 25th. It's a really good show. It is a really good show. Thank you, Tommy. And also in March, um, I have Shuli and Eli Braden and some other guys from the Howard Stern show who are coming out. We are going to be doing shows here at the Hollywood Laugh Factory, at the Long Beach Laugh Factory, and perhaps in Santa Barbara and San Diego as well. So check the website for tickets on that. And uh, other than that, I'll see you out on the slopes, guys. I'm going to be shredding some Narbra. See you next week, everybody. And actually, Tommy, let's play out on this. This is John Cheney. The great John Cheney uh, threatening to kill one of the great scumbags in sports, John Calipari. This is 25 years ago. <laughs> Literally telling him, I'll kill you. And number two, Cheney fires back. I just got my ass blasted for giving him hell down in West Virginia. And here you get a hell of a job right here today. Good job. Three class guys, and you pick them out here and single them out. You can't get that damn yeah, nigga to threaten a guy. Shut up, guy. You can't get that threaten a guy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm killing you. Hey, 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 hey. You remember that. When I see you, I'm going to kick your ass. Kick your ass. Come on, come on, come on. You got a good team, and you don't need that edge. That's why I was telling my kids to knock your kid in the mouth. Stand in there, push it in the game. Some things never cease to amaze.